What's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, April 15th. It's Good Friday. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? Welcome to my show. My name is Quinn David Furness. Thank you so much for joining us on this holiest of days in a special AM edition of the Beantown Podcast. No, not a live radio show, although that's on the docket. I found myself in like a crazy rabbit hole of 30 minutes length or so last night watching Prairie Home Companion videos and listening to songs and Lake Wobegon and all that stuff. And I had totally forgotten about that uh, Mama's Little Baby Loves Short Cake, Round Strawberry Shortcake, Bebop, Arebop, Rhubarb Pie, and then also Powder Milk Biscuits. How could I forget Powder Milk Biscuits, an all-time classic, rest in peace uh, to a Prairie Home Companion. But Gosh, we're coming to you live if you're watching on YouTube or Instagram. Hello, I see we got a couple people on Instagram. Good to see you. A couple people on YouTube. Good to see you too. We're doing uh, our Easter tradition. You know, we always like to talk about Passover, the Ten Commandments. Sometimes we dabble in the New Testament as well. Mount of Olives, Gethsemane, Judas Iscariot, Smoochin, Scandalous. Uh, we're going to get into all of that today, but the kind of the main feature of today's program, uh, getting back to what people love here on the Beantown Podcast, not just me, Quinn David Furness, we're also going to be power ranking the 10 plagues of Egypt. You are not going to want to miss it. Uh, and if you are, uh, if you're just listening to us via our SoundCloud link or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, wherever you find your podcast, hello to you as well. If you want to go back and kind of watch the live stream, you can do that on my YouTube channel, Quinn David Furness, um, or on Instagram, I'm Q.QueenD. Twitter, we are at BeantownCast. My personal handle is at WhiteBuns. Thanks so much for uh, for tuning in. I don't know if we've ever live streamed a show this early before. It's not natural. It's it's very um, it's a new thing for us. And you might be wondering, gosh, Quinn. Well, it's ten fifteen in the morning Central Time. What happened to your work responsibilities? The joys of working for a Catholic school. Good Friday. This is a big day for us, and I don't have to work to just get right to the point. So. That's a little bit about uh, what we're doing, why we're going live so early in the morning. I got my my coffee mug here. If you're on the live stream, it says Squad, and it's got uh, members of the Peanuts gang. We've got uh, Sally, Linus, Charlie, uh, Lucy, and Snoopy, and then Woodstock bringing up the caboose. And you might be thinking, well, hey, it's an AM podcast. Quinn's probably got some crazy, you know, triple shot matcha latte going on in there or maybe some bourbon or maybe he's just finishing off those uh holiday edition bud light seltzers that i've had in the fridge since oh boy um i don't know what was that like right at the start of march i bought those so it hasn't it's been like a month and a half at this point but i've got two left um thank god the eggnogs are all gone because i drank them but otherwise yeah those those are rough and uh, i'm because I'm moving out of here in, you know, a month and change, I'm going to have to finish off those Bud Light Seltzers at some point, and I'm going to have to finish off. I had a, I think just like a 12-pack of PBR that I've had in my fridge since I, I don't even remember when. I think I bought them, um, you know, like back in 
late August, early September, when, you know, so like we, we had the family wedding here and there were people, you know, just at the house or at my apartment here and there. And I think I bought it just to like have a backup beer here, you know, not knowing what was going to take place. And I just like, they've just been there. Right. I think everyone's got one or two of those things that are just in the fridge. For me, that's been PBR uh, throughout pretty much this entire lease. And, um, you know, more recently, the Bud Light Seltzers. I've also had I I have uh, one. And this is the last thing we're going to say before we get you know more religious with you, I promise. Uh, I have one. So, it's, this thing's golden. A Saugatuck Brewing Peanut Butter Porter. Uh, not an official sponsor of the show, but if you ever get the chance... If you find uh, a peanut butter porter at your local, uh, you know, brew house or liquor store or even under a bridge somewhere, uh, definitely pick it up. It's delicious. It's naughty. We had uh, I actually had bought the six pack of peanut butter porters, I think, from Trader Joe's uh, back in like November, probably just because it looked interesting. I wanted to try it. I never even heard of Sagatuck Brewing at that point. And then had a couple. It was delicious. We actually went to Sagatuck in uh, in early December. Uh, Rachel and I did. We had uh, went to Sagatuck Brewing. Had the peanut butter porter. It's absolutely delicious in person as well. And I've just been like saving the last one. It's just you know twelve ounce can because it's so good. And uh, you know as if I couldn't just go out you know down the street and buy more if I wanted, but it's delicious. It's naughty. It's creamy. Remind you of anyone? Hmm. I am the producer, showrunner, and uh, caterer of this program. And listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. But hey, year five Easter special. This is a show that I look forward to every year. Um, I think it was year two or year three of our show, we did the live uh, Easter sermon in my uh, slightly derogatory uh, or or over-inflamed, I guess, Righteous Gemstones-style Southern accent, although... That show was uh, that the Easter special, the Easter sermon was premiered long before uh, the Righteous Gemstones ever came to be. So I don't know, you know, if there's some sort of, you know, liturgy or litigious kind of action, liturgious action we could take. But, hey, maybe that was the first and only sermon I've ever written in my life. And it was silly. And this whole show is kind of silly, but at the same time, I'm I'm proud of myself, to be perfectly honest, for, like, writing a, a half-hour sermon. It made me feel like, hey, if I can do it for Easter, I can do it any time. Uh, so if you never listened to that, you're looking for a fun sermon. Maybe you'd—okay, here's the thing, folks. Maybe you don't want to go all the way to church. Maybe you're worried about covid Maybe uh, you're, maybe you're going to get stuck at like a Polish mass or something, and you don't know what they're saying. There's not even you know you know they don't even do the wine because it's COVID, so you just gotta you know they sprinkle water in your face and stuff. You don't have to do any of that. You can settle down with a nice again, not official sponsor of the show, Saga Tuck Brewing Peanut Butter Porter. You can turn on the Easter sermon. And gosh, you're in and out in half an hour. There's no commute time, no traffic. Uh, you know, they don't. You don't have to do the five minute, you know, kid thing at the start where everyone comes around and circles up, and you know, they tell some sort of story time about Easter and rabbits and 
all that good stuff, or even the Ten Commandments, or the Ten Plagues of Egypt. God, God was really on a kind of a ten kick back in Exodus, and we're going to be talking about that in one second here, I promise. The last thing I want to say before we get into our power rankings, I don't want to waste anyone's time, I want to dig right into it, um, is hello to my friends in Pakistan. I don't think Easter is a huge thing out there. But for the 17 uh, Christians who do live in, you know, constant fear of persecution, dismemberment, and execution, hello to you, and I hope you're having a great—gosh, it's already Saturday where you are. Actually, no, it's not. It's it's 10 in the morning here. Pakistan's like, what, six— eight hours ahead, something like that. So, yeah, you guys got nothing to worry about. Um, Khyber Pass, Hyderabad, Islamabad— I was doing a little, uh, I was just kind of going, if you're watching a live stream, I was just kind of moving my hands back and forth. I got Instagram to my right, YouTube to my left. All of a sudden, it turned into a kind of a, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit kind of trifecta three in one. Uh, and, and why not? It's a huge day for the Catholics. It's Easter Friday. And uh, it's very fun. So as as you know, or maybe you don't know, so there's kind of two things going on here. And that's just sort of the way... We decided to do it. I feel like as a nation, in the you know starting in the 20th century, what I'm talking about is New Testament and Old Testament all kind of converging together. Uh, that's the thing. You would think that you know they'd want to do kind of give Easter and Passover a little bit of a buffer zone uh, for increased celebration. Maybe maybe your household is half Catholic, half Jewish, and maybe you take off the high holidays in both religions. Then you could get double days off, but instead, maybe maybe the you know the big oil who didn't want their employees taking extra days off was behind this all the way back in the 1930s when they decided to merge the holidays together. They thought, hey, if our employees are celebrating Passover and Easter, gosh, we could save ourselves a lot of time by putting them on the same day. That way, we don't have to do two days off. That would be like if Christmas was on the Fourth of July. Uh, which would be absolutely dastardly, D-A-S-T-A-R-D-L-Y. So what I'm getting at here is it's Easter weekend. It's Good Friday. Last night was Maundy Thursday, M-A-U-N-D-Y. And I think pa- Passover is like a whole kind of week deal, right? That, And I, I'm not commenting one way or another on this, but people of the Jewish faith, they love those week-long holidays. How come we don't get that in, in, in Christianity? You know, Ju- Judaism, you got a week of Passover. You got, what, Hanukkah? That's at least like 11 or 12 days, right? Um, Rosh Hashanah could—I don't know anything about it. It could be one day. It could be eight days. So— Boy, they really, they're just going, you know, they're trying to take over half this uh, Gregorian calendar, if you will. And I think they're on to something. You know, with Christianity, it's like, you get Christmas Eve is like a pseudo holiday, and then you get Christmas, and the day after Christmas is back to work. Why, not for me personally, but for general people. You know, why couldn't, you know, I, I don't know why Jesus, he he had a lot of things to say, but he never said anything about, boy, hey, let's... You know, the Jews are on to something here. You know, we're going to get rid of a lot of their traditions. We're going to go out with the Jew in, or out with the old, in with the Jew, um, except it's the opposite. So the pun doesn't really work. <laughs> Why couldn't he have held on to this whole week long holiday sort of thing? I don't know. They say Jesus was perfect. I, that seemed like a miss, if you will. 
uh, something was amiss in uh, Jesus' planning, I suppose. So let's, uh, so, so we're talking Easter, it's New Testament, it's, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Judas betraying him. And I wanted to just quickly mention that one point, because I actually, yesterday, gosh, it was a slow day at work, I actually read uh, all the Gospels, just like for fun, kind of out of curiosity, as I was preparing for this show today, because I don't think I've ever like sat down and read one gospel front to back, uh, much less four. So I just decided to do that. You know, they're, they're pretty short. They're quick reads, especially for a trained eye like myself. But here's the thing I don't understand. The, the Pharisees, the, the, the Jews, the whomever, Sadducees, Judas goes to them, you know, right before the Last Supper, Thursday night, and he's like, hey, I'll betray you to Jesus. And they give him 30 pieces of silver to do that. But my question about this is like, Jesus, it's not like he's this guy in hiding. It's not like he's been Laden or something. Although I, I reckon they might have looked similar. I'm going to offend a lot of people today. Um, but here, here's my, my issue. Like, what's this is all a farce. This is all just for show, for the cameras. Like, why do you need to, be quote, betray him? He's, he's all over town. He's in the garden. He's in the temple. Um, he's healing lepers. Uh, he's maybe something's going on with Mary Magdalene. I don't want to get into that. But like what? So what's this whole betray him sort of thing? Honestly, Judas was Judas was a shrewd money man, and I don't want to do any sort of Jewish stereotypes here. But he, all he's doing is like, hey, meet me at this you know garden on the Mount of Olives at 11 p.m. and uh, and we'll you know Jesus will be here either way. But like. You can also do that and give me 30 pieces of silver. Hey, in today's world, that's like a million dollars. And then, you know, Judas was such a sissy. He does all of this. He gets paid. And then, like, two hours later, he goes and hangs himself. Like, gosh, I hope he had his beneficiaries lined up on his Vanguard account. Jeez. And the one other thing I want to say, and I promise we're getting into 10 plagues after that, but while we're still kind of in New Testament mode because we're going hard hard left into the Old Testament right after this book of Exodus. Jesus got through such a, a fit when he takes these 12 guys up to the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. They just had the, okay, here is, let's set the scene. They just had this huge, lavish dinner, a last supper, if you will. You've seen the painting. You've seen the Da Vinci rendering there's glasses of wine. They're, you know, hyper decanted. I'm pretty sure I saw veal on there or beef wellington or, you know, it's just all this heavy stuff and more wine and more veal and, you know, shepherd's pie and more wine. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like, hey, guys, let's go up to this mountain. So let's do all this vigorous exercise to get up there, you know, probably have some more wine. And let's do an overnight, you know, thing where there's not even an agenda. Jesus is just like praying by himself. He leaves these 12 guys and then they, they happen to try to catch some Z's and he comes back, you know, it's two in the morning and Jesus comes back and they're snoozing and he's like, uh, why I, you guys couldn't stay awake for like two hours after all this heavy wine 
and protein and a big long hike halfway up the side of a mountain. So Jesus was kind of a diva, I think is what I learned from the later chapters of these gospels. And then you get the whole Judas, you know, he smooches him. I don't know if there was some homoeroticism there or just general eroticism or general homo or gosh, that that sounds like a something right out of platoon or something. But, you know, this whole deal is just botched, poorly executed. The, you know, the, the, was it the Romans who, who got Jesus or was it the, the Jews or both at the same time? Or, you know, there's not very clear. They're paying Judas to do nothing to, to do a smooch. It's like, it's like he's in that practical, impractical Joker's show, and they're like, "Oh, we'll give you thirty pence of the silver if you smooch Jesus." And then he doesn't. Like, ah. Sal is that his name? I don't know any of the guy. I've never seen that show. You just see the occasional like YouTube clip, um, and you know Jesus getting pissed off because I, I think Jesus knew that he had what was coming to him, and he was just kind of probably lashing out emotionally at other people about problems that were his fault. So with that in mind, we're 18 minutes into our Easter special. We, gosh, we've offended a lot of people already, and that's totally okay. Because here's the thing, kind of like Jesus, I'm just out here spitting truths, biblical truths. I really don't think what I, I, I haven't made any giant leaps of faith, if you will, unlike uh, Indiana Jones at the end of uh, Last Crusade. Okay, so... Hey, speaking of Last Crusade, if this uh, Peanuts mug squad was uh, the you know one of the cups they had in that room with the knight at the end of the Last Crusade, I would have taken this one. That's got to be the Holy Grail. Okay, let's uh, give a, a quick thank you to our sponsors, and then we're going to power rank these 10 plagues of Egypt. And I'm not doing a full ad read today, I promise, because I want to get into these power rankings. I want to say uh, a, a shout-out to our friends at Home Pride Oregon. Uh, when you need your home inspector in Central Oregon, call a safe, reliable guy. He's been in the business for a long time. He knows your needs. He's not going to screw you, unlike Judas Iscariot. Call Steve at 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Com. Also, our good friends, the Samsung Q2U series pulling double duty last week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you if you missed last week's episode, we talked to our tax expert and Easter enthusiast, Matthew Fiedler. Uh, he was kind enough to come on the show right in the heat of tax season, so I really appreciate that. Uh, and Samson pulled double duty for us last week. Sounded great, crisp, clean, and clear, as always. And uh, remember, when God speaks, whether it's the Easter special or any of our other shows throughout the year, um, he uses a Samson. And if you're if you're just like, if you're a bean town, if you're a bean head, if you will, who only catches our video streams on YouTube and you think, gosh, Quinn does a podcast once every you know, two or three months, like he's really fell off, you're missing out. Go to beantownpodcast.com. Go to you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. It's one a week, baby. Without fail, we have never missed since January since we started in January 2018. Okay, never missed one a week, every single time. Uh, it's just the videos come rather infrequently because it's a whole extra production, you know, two or three minutes there. Uh, our, lastly, I want to give a shout out to our friends Cuts by Q. If you're looking at us on the uh, audio stream, need to take a shower. The humidity in Chicago this last week was doing, you know, just whatever the opposite of wonders is. I looked like freaking Shirley Temple singing the good ship lollipop. But we're doing okay right now. 
But the hat's going back on because I'm kind of cold. We had uh, we had like 70 degrees in Chicago on what was that like Tuesday or something, and uh, now it's about 40 degrees and hailing. Speaking of uh, hailing, uh, when you need a fresh do something snappy new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. Let's get into these 10 plagues of Egypt. Okay, it's what you tuned in for. It's the main event, the title card, the heavyweight championship, the 10 plagues of Egypt. So if you're wondering why we're talking about this, um, it's Passover. It's uh, the Ten Commandments, the famous film. It happens. uh, They show it on ABC, you know, what? tomorrow night tonight something like that it's like three and a half hours long yule brinner charlton heston the the classic exodus classic if you will so uh in case you don't know the story basically the egyptians go into uh go into israel they take all the hebrews they're like hey you guys come work for us now they're enslaved and uh Basically, Moses is one of Moses gets put in like this bread basket in the river, and he gets picked up by you know Ramsey's mistress or something like that. He gets raised in Egypt uh, alongside Ramses the second, who it may or may not actually be Ramses the second. He's just a pharaoh, and then eventually Moses ends up killing some guy. It's this whole big production. Yeah, you heard me right. Moses kills a guy. And then he flees uh, to the burning bush who talks to him and is like, yo, you got to go back. And Moses is throwing a little fit. And the burning bush is like, yeah, take Aaron with you. He's your brother. And, uh, it's, you know, big reveal, end of the season one or something. And so they go back to Egypt. And Moses, through via Aaron, his mouthpiece, it, you know, first is like, yo, let's do some magic to show the wonders and, and, and power of God. And my, one of my favorite moments in biblical history, just casual magic. We've talked about this before. Those Egyptian magicians, sorcerers, they throw down their rods and they turn into snakes. That's pretty badass. And uh, it means the bad guys can do magic too, which I felt was a part of the Bible that was, you know, heavily underexplored. Um, you know, I would have loved if, like, you know, Pontius Pilate, you know, Jesus had his wedding of Cana, maybe in water into wine. Maybe Pontius Pilate has like a wedding of Bethlehem and it's like water into absinthe. That's a story I would read. Um, you know, they could do a sequel series of some kind. Pontius origin story, P-O-N-T-I-U-S. And then, uh, then you know, Ramses or Pharaoh's like, no, it's not going to work. And so that brings us to the point of today's uh, power rankings. God unleashes Ten plagues upon Egypt, one after another. I'm pretty sure after each one, Moses is like, hey, you know, you want to, you, you, can we go now? And he's like, no. And uh, finally, spoiler alert, does happen after the tenth one. But let's go uh, from, uh, in chronological order in terms of when they appear in the Bible. Um, and then we will uh, jump into our actual power rankings of these plagues. So, in chronological order, we have uh, Jesus, or excuse me, not he's not in this one yet. God, who's also Jesus, but that's confusing, uh, turns the Nile into blood. Okay, that's the first one. I got I to tell you, I don't want to spoil anything in the power rankings, but God really came out swinging here. I mean, completely cutting off the water supply. 
It's a pretty badass way to wreck a civilization. Okay, second, we have uh, frogs. Third, we have lice or gnats, depending on your translation. Fourth, we have flies. Fifth, we have the livestock. Just, it's not, I was reading it this morning, actually. In Exodus to prepare for today's episode, I actually did. I read a lot of Bible to prepare for today's show, uh, unlike usual. Uh, it's not clear what exactly he does to the livestock. The Bible just says basically like God will come down upon the livestock. And obviously people are like, oh, that means like he's going to murder them. And for the point of this show, we'll, that's what we'll go with. But it could just be like maybe all of a sudden there were a lot of cows that were overcome with the spirit of the Lord. I don't know. Six, we have boils. Seven, we have hail. Eight, we have locusts. Nine, we have three days of darkness. And ten, we have uh, something we talk about pretty much every year to celebrate Easter, the death of the firstborns uh, of all Egyptians. So, you know, an absolute classic. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through these. um, Excuse me. Big belch. We're going to go through these uh, ten to one. From least badass to most badass, okay? The, uh, the, the 10 plagues of Egypt here. And thank you for those comments on Instagram uh, and, and YouTube. I see you very clearly. Thank you for being here. Okay, starting at number 10. So we're going from least badass to most badass. Number 10, we have the three days of darkness. Okay, it's like it would be kind of scary at first if you were an Egyptian. Like, oh, isn't it usually sunny out but they didn't have clocks they didn't have watches um and so it's like you know at first it'd be like i don't think it's supposed to be dark right now but then it would just be like you know what i could get used to this here's the other thing about this i really think and again we're going to ruffle some feathers here that god didn't even know like what he was you know he was so focused on egypt he didn't realize you go up to the arctic circle in december you go to the antarctic circle in july three days of darkness is nothing i mean has anyone ever seen that movie insomnia the either the original or the um the the remake the who's the guy who did uh, dark knight christopher christopher dark knight um you know, that movie Insomnia, it's light out 24-7, so it's actually the opposite of what I'm talking about here. But if, if they were in Antarctica, it would be the opposite. It would be completely dark. If you've never seen Christopher Nolan's uh, Insomnia, it's actually really good. It's Robin Williams and Robert De Niro from the late 90s. And uh, Hilary Swank, I think. An all-time classic. It's a great thriller. So here's the thing. Three Days of Darkness, that's nothing. You know, like... Up there in Alaska in uh, December, you got like 50 days of darkness. So this whole, ooh, three days of darkness stuff is like, who cares? It sounds like a good opportunity to catch some Zs, if you ask me. Okay, so that's our least badass of the 10 plagues. Coming in at number uh, nine, we have hail. Because it's like hail would, you know, hail might, you know, it, you might tear your canopy a little bit, or it might be a minor irritant. But heck, it was hailing outside in Chicago this morning. It doesn't bug me. Like, just wear a hat or something. I don't know. Did they have hats in Egypt? You would think so. If not, I don't know what that says about their civilization if you can't make a freaking hat. But hail is kind of just like, okay, well, we'll just go inside. Okay, good op- again, good opportunity to catch up on sleep. 
play cards, do some of those hieroglyphics. Hieroglyph, hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics sounds cooler. I don't know if that's actually what it is. It could be like a Pokemon thing. We had a we had this like tablet of some kind or a tapestry or something. I don't remember that my dad received from his pharmacist at the Kmart growing up. Manny, Manny, if you're still out there, I don't think I don't think Manny made it. I think Manny passed away some number of years ago. But Manny, if you're watching the show, hello and thank you for our Egyptian hieroglyphic. I don't know what it means. We never got a translation. I don't know if it was pharmacy related, but Kmart pharmacy. What a time to be alive. I don't even remember where the pharmacy was in the Kmart. That's okay. Probably back, uh, actually I do, back where the cafe used to be. They repurposed the whole area. Uh, Coming in at number eight, we're going to get into some animals here. We've got frogs. Okay, so there are varying levels, and we're going to talk about every one of those levels of, you know, kind of animals and pests going on here in the Ten Plagues. God clearly got, you know, caught up on this whole animals thing. And just went nuts with it. But I think out of all the animals we're, we're chatting about here today, um, frogs are just kind of the, the most dopey, if you will, D-O-P-E-Y. Like, yeah, it would, okay, I'm not going to, like, we're, we're into Plague 8 now, okay? So this isn't like the darkness or the hail where it's like, yeah, whatever, like, good one, God. Uh, frogs would suck, okay? They're smelly, they're slimy. You know, you figure there's going to be a lot of tadpoles somewhere because these frogs got to spawn somehow. Um, that's the thing. It's like, did these, did God just like send a shipment of frogs from, you know, the, the, you know, Zambezi or something up to Egypt or did they like spawn somewhere or did it magically appear? We've already seen some cool magic in Exodus, but you know, having all those frogs around would, I think it would more than anything would just be loud. Frogs can be very uh, vocal, especially if they were like bullfrogs. What would be scary, and we don't really get this in Exodus because lazy writing, is if they were some of those venomous tree frogs. Now, that would be pretty badass. I think that could move frogs up from eight, maybe to five or six, you know, getting more into that first round draft pick range. But, eh, you know, frogs is like, yeah, eh, okay, whatever you, hey, you could eat them. Remember Doc Hop, Doc Hopper? Whatever his name is from the uh, the Muppet movie, he wants to kill Kermit or make make Kermit. It wasn't clear to me when I watched it when I was seven years old. I always thought he wanted to eat Kermit, but I think it's actually like he wants Kermit to become the official spokesperson for Doc Hopper frog legs. I've never eaten frog legs, I don't think. Um, I think that's more of a southern thing. I've never spent a lot of time in the deep south. Um by choice i've had chicken feet but i've never had frog legs so anyways it kind of seems like god was actually giving them a kind of an out there an extra food source coming in at number seven now here's where things are starting to get a little bit tougher i think those first three in the list for me were like yeah that like we're going to do this this and this and now we're getting into ones that are like going to go from minor inconvenience to like boy this this is a real pain in the ass and so i had a hard time kind of ranking the next four they were all i don't want to say interchangeable but the next four were really tough uh, for me to decide where to put them so at number seven i put flies and my reasoning for putting flies um you know as a less badass plague compared to things like lice slash gnats boils locusts uh livestock you know others is just kind of like flies suck okay 
I don't like flies. You don't like flies. Um, I used to get flies in my Rogers Park apartment. I used I used to have to buy these little like fly traps that you like tape to the window. They had flowers painted on them. I think there was some sort of pheromone going on to attract them, and it, it worked. Like they would fly into it, they would get stuck, that sort of thing. But they were a total pain in the ass. But it's just like. Unless you get those really nasty horse flies or deer flies where they bite you and it hurts like hell, they're just kind of, you know, like you go to the petting zoo, okay? They got flies there. It sucks. No one's having a good time, but it's like, you know, you just kind of swat them away and you go about your day. So that's why I put flies there because I think we're about to get, I think things are about to get real serious. Things are about to get real badass. So flies came in at number seven on our list. Number six is where I think we're really starting to get uh, into a little bit of trouble here uh, for Pharaoh. Number six, I have lice slash gnats. So it's not exactly clear uh, in my, you know, doing some trans, translative, tra- translative, T-R-A-N-S-A, tran, uh, L-A-T-I-V-E, tran, translative, translative. There's an extra A in there. That's okay. Uh, in my work, whether it is actually locusts or gnats, but they both would be a total chore. Uh, excuse me, not locusts or gnats. Gnats or lice is is what we're doing here at number six. So if it's lice, that sucks because it's like we're all going to have to shave our heads. Maybe that's why Ramsey was bald. Ramsey. <laughs> Been watching too much Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Ramsey's. The second, who again may or may not be the Pharaoh in the Bible. I guess we should just say Pharaoh. The Ten Commandments film takes the liberty of naming the Pharaoh character Ramses the second, uh, portrayed you know by the unequivocal Yule Brenner. But I guess in, in reality it's just Pharaoh. So lice would be a pain in the ass. You have to shave your head. You look like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Checking to make sure Will Smith doesn't come slap me. Uh, so that would be bad. If it was gnats, that would suck too. Kind of like the flies, just really irritating, except gnats are, like, gnats you can't even really see until it's too late. I can't tell you how many runs at 6 a.m. along the lake I had last summer and the summer before where you're just running, you know, you're feeling good about yourself, and all of a sudden just boom, right through a swarm of gnats. And then I there's something to this. You know, we, we mentioned pheromones five minutes ago. There's actually something to that where, like, Gnats are naturally attracted to some people more than others, and I think I got the bad genes for that because sometimes I'll be out there running in the summers in the early mornings, and it's just like this swarm that just won't leave my head. And I recall uh, detasseling as a youngster. There was this one field in particular down around the Rochelle area, I think, where we had really bad gnats. And the first couple of days, I didn't really know what to do about it, and they were just like all over your face. You know, and they, you can't go anywhere. You're just like walking slowly through these cornfields, and so I actually ended up in my uh, my hat that I always wore, which is a Quincy University hat. The trick is, and it worked. So those of you, uh, you know, Egypt, you got a time capsule, time uh, travelers, time traveler's wife, which I never saw. If you can go back to Egypt and handle this plague, take some uh, vanilla extract and uh, dab it on the brim of your hat, Quincy University or otherwise. And it actually does a good job of keeping the gnats away. So, and gosh, I mean, we this has got to be what about thirteen years later, something like that. I still have that hat, and if you uh, take a strong whiff, you can still get the vanilla. So, 
Lice slash gnats, not not good. But I think we're now really about to start to get into some some hardcore area. At number five, so we've made it to to the uh, sort of top half of our power rankings here. Uh, so to remind you, we've got three days of darkness, hail, frogs, flies, lice slash gnats. Number five, we have boils. And this is the first one that's like straight up affecting the humans of Egypt. So now I think this is where Pharaoh was like, oh shit, like what's happening to us? Okay, if you've seen the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you probably remember when their faces melt and the angel of death who will, you know, will come back to in a little bit here comes out of the ark and starts, you know, melting people's faces and shooting through their bodies. That's not exactly what the boils were like, but I imagine if you're just cat, you know, maybe you ha- you take a lot of pride, you're an Egyptian, it's, you know, 1000 BC, you're good at, you know, skincare, you got kind of the, um, you know, anti- antiquity version of, you know, Neutrogena, acne cream, all that good stuff, and all of a sudden you're breaking out in boils. And it's just like, boy, well, gosh, this sucks. Like, what am I supposed to do about this? I personally never had a boil. I don't even really understand what it is. It's just like a bump on your skin that's boiling, um, filled with blood or pus or something, I assume. I don't really know. I don't know why you get them, who gets them, other than the Egyptians. But it doesn't sound like fun, especially if you're someone who takes a lot of pride in your skin. And I I think the Egyptians were. I think they were constantly doing those mud baths, those clay masks. Um, I think they had a lot more resources than most civilizations at that point in time. So, God, I mean, for vain people like the Egyptians, those boils were going to be tough and just frankly uncomfortable. Okay, so number four, boy, we are getting down to the nitty gritty here. And out of all of our kind of little pests that God sent, these ones are the kings of pests. And they come up over and over again in the Bible. Locusts at number four. So if you don't know, a locust is, I believe, like a grasshopper. It's kind of the same type of thing. Um, Let's see. Locusts are a group. This is according to Wikipedia. Locusts uh, are a group of certain species of shorthorn grasshoppers that have a swarming phase. And that's the thing. That's what we think of. When we think of, uh, of locusts, oh, this is interesting. These insects are usually solitary, but under certain circumstances, they become more abundant and change their behavior and habits, becoming gregarious. So those are two, two things you don't want to put together, gregariousness and locusts. Because those locusts, they came in hot. And here's the thing with locusts. We, when we talk about flies, we talk about gnats. You know, gnats swarm, and they, they're in groups and that sort of thing, and they're a pain in the ass. But the thing with locusts, dude, they're coming into town. They're eating all the vegetation. So remember though, remember from Land Before Time, there are those special leaves, uh, like the shining stars or whatever that you know Littlefoot was always bitching about. They're taking all of those. They're taking your maize. They're taking your beans. They're you know if you had any flowers, you know, in your hanging gardens of Babylon, if you will, Egyptian edition. They're taking all that, and they just come right through. They clean up, and they just go right along their merry way. Next thing you know, 30 seconds later, your whole crop system is devastated. And so that's why locusts come in at number, uh, number. gosh, where are we on the, is this three already? Are we at number three? No, locusts come in at number four because uh, it's just total badass. 
God, God was really starting to take no prisoners here with the locusts. And uh, I, I mean, hey, if locusts came in and destroyed my, you know, arborvitaes or aloe plants, which would be would be helpful because the sun is very intense. You're getting sunburn. You want that natural aloe vera to help with your skin. You still got boils. That's right. You know, we're not completely done with the boils yet. And all of a sudden, your aloe plant gone. Boom. That would suck. Okay, so number three. We're down to our top three here. I think at this point, anyone who's listened to the Beantown Podcast for the last five years knows what number one is going to be. So it's probably not a big surprise because it's the same plague we always talk about. Um, but I'm going to stick to my guns here today. Uh, number three. This is one we briefly talked about earlier. Um, the livestock plague. So it's not entirely clear what happens to the livestock. And I think, you know, for badass reasons, we're saying God came down and he slaughtered them, you know, with his hand of justice. But, you know, the Bible pretty much just says that God came down upon the livestock, which, yeah, I think it's fair to say, like, that was probably a bad thing for the livestock, not a good thing. And here's the problem. You're going to have a lot of livestock. God's going to come down. He's going to wipe them out. And you figure they don't really have refrigeration uh, back in these days. So the problem with the Egyptians now is like you got all these dead cows, pigs, horses, camels, a lot of camels. Uh, I don't know if they had domesticated hippopotami back in those days, but potential hippopotami. And they're just dead. And the big uh, something we're not considering is we still got all these flies, gnats, locusts here. You know, for the most part, they're gone. But there's still some old vestiges of the prior plagues. And they're going to, dude, they're going to find those dead carcasses before you do. And so because of the, the fact that we got all these pests around, we don't have a good way to preserve the meat. You know, I don't think they had a lot of salt back in those days. Uh, certainly no refrigeration. I don't know. You know, you could probably like take them and size them with the pyramids, but there it's gotta be what five, 10 degrees cooler in there. You know, Egypt in the summer, at least 90 degrees. So you're not, it's, it's, you know, diminishing returns at that point. So you're, you're losing all your meat and you just had all your vegetation wiped out. And all of a sudden you're thinking, gosh, what are we going to eat? Dead, rancid meat, you know, that's going to be real tough on the indoor plumbing. So for that reason, that's why livestock comes all the way up at number three, and it works well in conjunction with the vegetation uh, loss from the locusts. But that's why I'm putting livestock at number three. Okay, we're down to our last two plagues of Egypt, and uh, we're down to our first one and our our last one in terms of chronological order. And uh, I got to tell you, one of these is just, like, extremely frightening and would be terrifying and the other one is just straight up murder and uh, because of that reason i gotta we gotta go blood in the water first uh so that's coming in at number uh, number two on our power rankings of the badassery of the plagues of egypt god his in his first stroke of justice turns the nile river into blood Okay, and it's not clear for how long. Uh, and, and shout out to my mom uh, on YouTube. Good to see you. Um, if anyone has ever been in downtown Chicago, let's let's paint a picture. Okay, 
if anyone has ever been in downtown Chicago uh, on St. Patrick's Day, or more specifically the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day, you've seen it. They dye the river green. It's cool. It's fun. People are celebrating and cheering, and you know, they're taping the fugitive and parades and all that stuff. Now, imagine it's 1000 B.C., and you're in Egypt, and it's the same thing, except there's no Lake Michigan. There's only the Nile River, and that's where you get all your water from. And instead of dyeing the river green, you're dyeing it red. But you're not just dyeing it. It's actually blood. So here's a question that I had in, in an area where I would like to point out one of God's inefficiencies, let's say. So he does this first. Now, where did this blood come from? He had, he had to manufacture a lot of blood. I don't know if there was you know, human sacrificing going on. Maybe he got you know, Isaac clones and he took them back up on the mountain and this time he did it for real or you know, livestock from Namibia or Greece or you know, Bhutan, wherever. Oxens. Uh, what, what's the name of... Uh, there's another type of uh, yaks. Y-A-K, yaks. That would be a lot of blood. Wampas. But here's my issue. If God was smart, if he wanted to save on costs, time, manpower, whatever, he would have done turning the, the river into blood like at the end, at least after the livestock, or after this, you know, the other plague, number, which is going to be number one, which you all know at this point, because then he's got all this blood lying around. You know, he could dig some trenches so that it flows right into the river, and all of a sudden, he's basically getting a free plague. But instead, God puts this plague at the front end, and now he's got to do all this extra blood. So that's one thing that's not really covered in the Bible is where does the blood come from? I don't, you know, like, so later on in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus turns the water into wine, which is pretty cool. So there's, you know, we know that the, the God had three in one has that kind of superpower, but you kind of wonder, did he have, you know, is this is this like a very taxing, tolling thing for God to, you know, do all... Look, there's a big difference between two gallons of, of water turning into wine for, a you know, a, a small private wedding in Cana and turning an entire, the longest river in the world into blood, okay? Like, use your head, God. Regardless of all this, I wanted to air my grievances about that play because it just felt really poorly executed. It's pretty badass. What are the Egyptians going to drink? Um, now, I will say they still had their livestock. They still had their vegetation at this point. So it's like, yeah, it would be a pain in the ass to not have fresh water. But I feel like you could, like, collect the morning dew off of your leaves. And you could, you know, make do with the dew, if you will, which... If Mountain Dew wants to use that as a marketing slogan, they can. They just have to pay me. I think a, a biblical-themed Exodus Ten Commandments-style Mountain Dew marketing campaign could be good. You know, they're trying to win back those church-going folk. I, I don't know how they lost them, but that's a separate podcast. Okay, we've arrived at number one. And you all know what it is. We talk about it every year on our Easter special it's easily the most badass slash terrifying slash awful thing that God has ever done. And here's the thing. When I bring this up with Christians, which I don't really because I don't converse with Christians about Christianity frequently, they're always like, well, that's the old God, okay? Like, 
you know, he, 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 that, that was the old God. He was, uh, benevolent and rude and malicious and, you know, new God, new Testament, like that God is cool. I don't think like you get to murder a bunch of people and then, you know, a thousand years later be like, oh, I don't murder people anymore. So now I'm cool. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that in real life, right? What if someone murders a bunch of people, he's 20 years old, and then, you know, 50 years later, you're like, oh, I love this guy, you know? He definitely, you know, is good now. He didn't murder, like, a million people. No, he's cool. See the issues here, God? It's the the slaughtering of the Egyptian firstborn sons, which also a little, uh, I don't want to get into all the social issues of the day, but... I mean, did, what? What? Here's the thing. If you think about this, so it's all he's he's only killing the the male babies. Uh, first of all, he's he's assuming people's gender identities. Second of all, imagine going on Egyptian Tinder after this. Imagine if you were a second or third born son in Egypt, and one third to one half of the eligible you know male population was just gone. The dating pool has all, all of a sudden you got all these Egyptian babes, which if Prince of Egypt was any indication, they're babes. And you got all of these. I mean, all I'm saying is like, man, 1000 BC, if you survived the final plague and you were a male, an eligible male bachelor, that dating scene was prime back in Egypt. But you all know what happens by now. God uh, tells the Hebrews that the night of Passover, he's sending the angel of death, which is awesome. Just like, you know, that could be like my metal band name, into town to wipe out the firstborn. Here, here's the other thing, too, is like he, he didn't, God had to put a little like, oh, you got to do this to show your love for me, which is bullshit. But he's like, if you don't want your firstborn son to be killed, then kill a lamb. More killing. A lot of killing in this book. And smear their blood across the uh, the top of your door frame outside so the angel of death knows that, no, you're, you're good. Like, they're, they're chill. Okay? They're chill, fam. And he'll pass over your house, hence the name of, uh, of the holiday. You learned something new on the Beantown Podcast today. It's a very educational program. But he didn't, obviously, I mean, he wasn't going to do this, but he didn't tell the Egyptians that. They didn't relay the message. So obviously the Egyptians are just like, you know, they've survived nine plagues. They're feeling very hardy and tough at this point. And all of a sudden the angel of death just swoops in overnight while they're sleeping and kills all the babies, the firstborn babies, firstborn male babies. And uh, that's just like uh, straight up murder. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. It's easily the most badass thing. It's horrifying. It's awful. But you can't deny that God just came in there and, like, wiped out approximately a quarter of the population of the entire civilization. Slash, here's the thing. They, I, is it, does it translate to firstborn babies or just all firstborn males? If so, we're looking at more like 35 to 40% of the population. Anyways, those are the 10 plagues of Egypt. Our power rankings, again, from 10 to 1, least badass to most badass. We've got the three days of darkness, the hail, the frogs, the flies, the lice slash gnats, the boils, the locusts, the 
coming upon of the livestock, the blood in the Nile, and then the death of the firstborn. Uh, and we're at about 52 minutes here in the Beantown Podcast. And that's that's what we wanted to talk about today. The Ten Plagues of Egypt, we talked about uh, some issues with the you know, Jesus and the slumber party and Judas is smooching and all that good stuff. But gosh, it was a lot of fun. I, I got to say, this is... I think this has been one of our, our best Easter specials yet. The Easter sermon, which we talked about already, was a lot of fun. But this one was, was great. I think despite being 50-plus minutes, it was tight. Excuse me. I talked about the things I wanted to talk about. Um, we said hello to our sponsors. Technically, no no big issues yet as far as I can tell. We got an Instagram stream going. We got a YouTube stream going. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, so everyone, it's Good Friday. I hope that uh, you know either you have the day off or it's a little chill where you're at. Um, hopefully, you have better weather than Chicago, and uh, enjoy this uh, this this holiest of holy weekends. If you're going to go to communion, go back twice, double up on that wine, and maybe they'll maybe your maybe your congregation will splurge for name brand wine and crackers this weekend if you're lucky. Uh, for anyone doing any Easter egg hunts or egg dyeing or uh, general dyeing, if you're an Egyptian firstborn son, enjoy your time. Have you know a good merriment and cheer with your family and loved ones. And uh, I think I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up, and I'm gonna turn on the Easter Brown. Uh, Easter Brown. <laughs> Easter Brown sounds like a like a Catholic church detective or something. Isn't there the Father Brown, is that the name? He's like a priest or something, and he's a detective. I've never read those. Is that what it's called? If you know, email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownbeanyahoo.com, and let us know. I remember it being a point of discussion when I was homeschooled in, like, seventh grade in a Bible class, and it's, it's there's something there. It's like Father Brown or, like, Friar, you know, Joe or something like that. He's a Catholic detective, I think. Um, didn't, you know, investigate the, you know, priests sexually abusing the boys though. So I don't know how good of a detective he is. I want to thank everyone for listening to our show, whether you are, uh, liturgious or not, whether you are religious or not. I hope you enjoyed our Easter special, uh, and our, our power ranking of the 10 plagues of Egypt. So for all of us here at Beantown Productions, happy Friday, happy Good Friday, happy Easter weekend, and hopefully spring will come to us sooner rather than later. So we're going to get our outro music going here. I love you. Stay safe. Stay sane. And I'll check in on you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.